Welcome to the Mindful Womb Podcast. This is a show where we apply the principles of mindfulness, science, and the sacred womb so you can feel calm, informed, and most importantly, confident throughout the transformational cycles of your ever-changing womb. Pregnancy and parenthood offer unique opportunities to create new patterns and practices so we can ditch the stress and anxiety and embrace change with ease. And in the process, become the best versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Clara O'Rourke, she, her, a certified doula, childbirth educator, and complete nerd about all things pregnancy, birth, and mindfulness. If you're ready to get some tangible strategies, aha moments, and a good dose of calm and grounding energy, stick around and I promise you'll enjoy the ride as we learn and evolve together. This is the Mindful Womb Podcast. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about cravings. Yes, we're going to be talking about pregnancy cravings, but in all honesty, these fundamentals about the sources of our cravings can apply to any time in your life. So whether you're currently pregnant, whether you're postpartum, whether you're not pregnant, really, this can apply to you. So we're going to work on decoding your cravings so you can determine what your body really wants. Cravings during pregnancy are often a result of hormonal changes, nutrient deficiencies, and internal imbalances. So if you're craving pickles and ice cream, your body's not telling you that you need maybe those exact foods. There's a bigger story behind the craving. So let's dive in. There are many different cultural beliefs surrounding pregnancy, Um, and one I know off the top of my head is in the Dominican Republic, for example, they say that if a pregnant person doesn't get the food that they're craving, the body will, the baby will end up having a beauty mark in the shape of what the pregnant person is craving. So you must be certain that people go above and beyond to give someone who's pregnant what they're craving, right? But beyond cultural associations with cravings, The truth is that food is a source of nutrition, but it's also a source of comfort, and it's a way that we restore balance in our bodies. So food can be a way that we deal with difficult feelings, and it can soothe our emotions. Now, there's a growing body of research that's showing the connection between processing emotions and illness. And this has been a key understanding in traditional Chinese medicine for centuries, and Western medicine is finally recognizing this ancient wisdom. And basically, when we don't process our emotions, our body works to store these emotions in the body, right? Because we're not releasing that energy, we're not processing it, it's going to stay somewhere. So there's different organs that work to process different emotions. And if we're not addressing those, they can kind of get stuck in those spaces in the body. So according to traditional Chinese medicine, cravings are a diagnostic tool which indicate imbalances in the mind, body, and spirit. So today we're going to decode each of the cravings based off of five key flavor profiles. So we're going to talk about bitter, salty, spicy or pungent, sour, and sweet foods. These are five flavors that define the organ relationships in our body that are impacted by how we store our emotions. 
within our bodies. This principle is based off of, as I mentioned, traditional Chinese medicine, and it's been practiced for centuries. So we're going to decode those different flavors, and then we'll also talk about some superfoods in each of those categories that can actually be great for satisfying this cravings, and then what to do when you're realizing, oh, like I, I think I'm working to fulfill an emotional need here. So let's dive in by starting with bitter foods. Bitter cravings are connected with the following organs, the heart and the small intestine. Bitter foods typically have a drying effect to them. So in Chinese medicine, it's said that our heart is the house of our spirit, and bitter cravings correlate with feeling down or challenging emotions such as abandonment, betrayal, unrequited or unreceived love, loss and feeling kind of forlorn, insecurity, and vulnerability. So you can also sometimes experience restlessness, irritability, emotional instability, some anxiety and insomnia, or just like not feeling grounded, right? When we have imbalances in our heart and our small intestine. So why are we craving bitter foods? Well, bitter foods, the function of them is to stimulate the heart and the small intestine in general. They have a cleansing action for removing heat and toxins from the body. The heart is in charge of our mental and emotional well-being, as well as healthy blood circulation through the body. The small intestine is in charge of the separation of pure and turbid during digestion, as well as supporting mental and emotional clarity. So ingesting bitter foods can help support emotional clarity, stimulate the bowels, bring down internal heart heat and fevers, reduce infections, and support movement and circulation. However, too much bitterness can clear too much heat or overstimulate these organ systems. So those who are feeling weak, really thin, blood deficient, can often feel like cold. You should be careful to not eat too much bitter food. Now, when we're reaching for bitter foods could because you're craving them, reflect on how you're feeling and if any of the emotions that we just talked about are coming up for you. Addressing our emotions can be a first way to relieve cravings, but then I'm going to review some really great healthy superfoods that can be terrific options if your body needs some bitter food to help move and process the heat in your body. So cocoa, like really high quality cocoa, like dark chocolate, dandelion greens, parsley leaves, collard greens, and mustard greens, arugula, kale, celery, and corn are really great options. You might notice that a lot of what I listed here are dark leafy greens. They are a supply of a significant amount of folate and B vitamins, and those promote heart health and help protect us also against some birth defects. So they're really, really amazing superfoods to incorporate into our diets during pregnancy. So now we've talked about bitter, let's move on to salty foods. And I don't know about you, but I am a salty food craving person. Like if I'm craving something, it's almost always a salty craving. And salty cravings are connected to our kidneys and our bladder. So craving salty food during pregnancy tells us that we need some minerals. 
or we need to strengthen our metabolism, right? Usually salt, good quality salt is from the sea. It contains minerals in it. But when we are also craving salt, it can mean, well, maybe we're dehydrated. We might have an electrolyte imbalance. Maybe we're losing sleep. If you're not pregnant, maybe you're having a heavy menstrual cycle. These can all set us up to kind of crave salty foods. So in addition, when we're craving salty foods, sometimes this can be associated with fear and willpower as kind of the spiritual and emotional aspects of our kidneys. So salting cravings can indicate that we're trying to cope with stress or other emotions like blaming, dread, fear, irritation, conflict, creative insecurity, and just feeling unsupported. So especially if you all are feeling fearful, you all know that I have a free fear clearing guide and video, which you can check out at clearlightbirth.com slash fear. Grab that for free. It can be really helpful. In addition to understanding your emotions and cravings, if you're in a fearful state, that can be really great. But salty foods that we crave are not likely going to actually satisfy the needs. Like I know I am a cereal potato chip consumer and most of the potato chips I'm consuming are not high quality potato chips. They don't have salt from sea salt in them. And so, you know, they're not actually giving my body any nutrients, but they really taste great. So to actually satisfy what the body wants, you know, what I would do is I'd would probably swap out my potato chips for maybe a handful of healthy roasted nuts because that could be exactly what my kidneys want, right? They have sea salt and minerals on them and then the complexities of the nutrients that the nuts give you. But a few other options that are terrific are miso, sea vegetables like seaweed, brine pickles, umeboshi plum, And as I mentioned, dry roasted nuts and then sea salt. So, you know, if you have kind of like a typical like processed salt, like trying to swap that in for a sea salt will be great because it'll give you a little bit more minerals and a more complex salt profile, which is great. Nutrition is one of the most impactful and immediate ways we can influence our health and if we're pregnant, our infant's health. 97% of pregnant people take a prenatal vitamin, yet 95% of them are left nutritionally depleted. This is because standard prenatal vitamins are designed to just meet the bare minimum and they're not cutting it. Needed is the prenatal nutrition brand that's backed by over 4,000 practitioners. What I love about Needed is they champion radically better nutrition through their system of clinically researched nutritional supplements that undergo third-party testing to ensure that they are bringing you the holistic nutrition you need for your unique phase in life. They're also woman-founded, a certified B Corp, and committed to making the earth a better place for future generations. I personally love their grass-fed and sustainably sourced collagen protein and their sleep and relaxation support, which tastes a little sweet, like chamomile tea, is totally safe for pregnancy and promotes my overall cognitive health. What I think is pretty cool is that they also offer trimester plans, which take all of the guesswork out of what's needed in each stage of pregnancy. Each plan has been expertly formulated to the unique needs of each stage. So for example, the first trimester plan not only provides complete nutritional support 
for the first trimester, but it also includes hydration support to help manage nausea, which we all know can really be a doozy in the first trimester. Needed is offering 20% off to Mindful Womb listeners with the code CLEARLIGHTBIRTH. That's C-L-E-A-R-L-I-G-H-T B-I-R-T-H, all one word, clear light birth. So you can get 20% off your first order by checking out the link in my bio or going to thisisneeded.com and using the discount code clear light birth at checkout. Now let's dive back into the episode. So now let's talk a little bit about spicy foods during pregnancy. Spicy cravings are connected with our lungs and our colon or our large intestines. So spicy foods indicate a need to boost our immune system or help regulate our body temperature. So when we crave spicy foods, it could also be pungent foods, right? They serve the same kind of focus. So these cravings can indicate a mucus buildup in the lungs and the large intestine. And on an emotional level, the lungs and colon are associated with the emotions of discouragement, rejection, sadness, sorrow, confusion, defensiveness, grief, and stubbornness. So long-standing or repressed grief and sorrow can really be burdening our lungs, and repressed emotions can also cause the large intestines to get backed up. So spicy foods help you break a sweat. They help cut through the mucus, and because they build heat in the body, they'll kill viruses. So there is some wisdom in pungent foods and spicy foods in raising our body's temperature. I want you to think of like garlic, chili powder, ginger. Spicy foods which have a strong moving action can cause us to just like start sweating and to discharge mucus in the body. You know, a lot of us might notice if you're someone who eats spicy food, you know, it's normal to kind of get some sweat. Sometimes you get a little bit of a runny nose, right? That's the function of spicy and pungent food. So great foods to satisfy the spicy or pungent craving include chili peppers, ginger, garlic, onions, scallions, and radishes. All right, so that was our spicy and pungent food. Now let's move on to sour cravings. Sour cravings during pregnancy are connected to the organs of the liver and the gallbladder. So sour foods are typically astringent and emptying. So they help our body break down fats, stimulate digestion, and reabsorb fluids. So craving sour foods during pregnancy can indicate a chemical imbalance requiring neutralization of acids in the body. You might notice sour cravings accompanying really high-fat meals, right? Maybe containing meat because your body wants to help kind of cut through some of that fat and process it. So why might you be craving sour foods on an emotional level? Well, a lot of times it can be from stress, feelings of anger or irritability, frustration. These are all very possible when the liver is imbalanced or feeling stuck. And sometimes we might notice irregular menstrual cycles, dream disrupted sleep, 
migraines and headaches and overall tension. These symptoms can really be associated with liver imbalances because the liver is in charge of creating a free flow of energy, also known as qi in Chinese medicine, throughout all of the organs. And so those who crave sour foods may also crave salty, greasy, oily, and fried foods. So eating a moderate amount of sour foods can help you feel more flexible, more at ease, and more able to handle tough situations. And some great sour foods to consume in pregnancy include lemons and limes, yogurt, pickles, vinegar, tart cherries, tamarind, and cranberries, as well as other fermented foods like kimchi and even sourdough bread. So the liver and the gallbladder are associated with hosting the emotions of anger, bitterness, guilt, hatred, resentment, depression, frustration, indecisiveness, and panic. So if you've been experiencing some sour cravings and you're feeling any of those emotions, it's normal because we're holding those often in the space of the liver. So last but not least, for those of you who have sweet tooths out there, what the heck do sweet cravings mean? So one of the most common flavors that are craved in pregnancy are sweetness. Sweetness cravings are telling us that we need calming and soothing or that we're seeking to fill an emotional need. So sweet tasting foods are said to benefit our stomach and our spleen. These sweet cravings indicate that there could be a blood sugar imbalance or an emotional imbalance or sometimes, but less common, an excessive protein intake. So when it comes to feelings of fatigue, bloating, worrying or ruminating, spending a lot of time in thought, feelings of low self-confidence or an imbalance between intellectual and physical activity, you know, the emotions associated with the spleen as you're hearing, you know, we're anxiety, despair, disgust, nervousness, worry, failure, helplessness, hopelessness, lack of control, low self-esteem. Those are also very common emotions to come up during pregnancy. So I think that that is exactly why people are also experiencing so many sweet cravings in pregnancy because all of these changes, you know, the worry, the sense of like fear of failure and anxiety and not feeling as in control of things, self-esteem, like those, those are all very typical to come up during pregnancy. So what the heck is the function of sweet foods? Because I think sweet foods in general are very much marketed as kind of like being junky, right? They don't really do anything for us. But naturally, sweet foods tonify chi, like the energy in the body. So when mildly sweet foods are eaten, they boost chi. And this is something that helps really charge digestion and the transportation and transformation of food into energy that's available in the body. The spleen also governs muscles and produces blood. So eating mildly sweet foods may help us feel calmer and more relaxed. Excess sweetness, usually from foods with refined and isolated sugars, can lead to difficulties controlling blood sugar levels and lead to organ system deficiencies, right? So when we're having sweet cravings, 
We know that most of the foods that we reach to that we think of, oh, this is such a great sweet food, tend to be like the ice cream, the cakes, the things with refined sugars in it that aren't really going to help with the blood sugar balancing. So some naturally sweet and more nutrient-dense foods that are sweet include rice, honey, sweet potatoes, bananas, papayas, whole grains, cabbages, carrots, parsnips, chestnuts, beans, and fruit. And folic acid and B vitamins also occur naturally in things like peas, oranges, and parsnips and cabbages, like I mentioned, um, which are also terrific to have during pregnancy. So now we understand, okay, like, oh, I know that I've been craving sweetness because I've been really anxious and feeling out of control. Now what the heck do I even do about it? Addressing challenging emotions can be very difficult. And for the same reason, many of us choose to suppress our emotions and then they get stored in our bodies. And then our bodies try to communicate, hey, we need to address this in different ways, one of which can be food craving, right? So here's a three-step process. You can begin to try to start recognizing and releasing some of the emotions that might be stuck in your body if you notice kind of some consistency in these cravings reoccurring. So the first step is self-awareness. It's recognizing, right? The first challenge can be identifying what emotions are actually trapped in our body. And this is where mindfulness comes in. The goal here is to notice what's happening within our bodies, to accept what's going on in our bodies, and to feel it fully without judgment. By becoming more mindful, we will also get better at recognizing our emotions and how they manifest in our bodies. So getting curious about what you're feeling and the root of that feeling will always help you get into a better state of moving through that emotion and processing that emotion in your body and allowing it to eventually be released from your body. Always offer yourself self-compassion when you're processing different emotions. I always tell my clients, be gentle with yourself, right? Sometimes when we're unpacking emotions or sometimes things that are coming up in pregnancy can be pretty heavy. So we need to be really gentle as we're uncovering that. Step two is self-expression. It's responding. It's responding to those emotions. Our emotions need to be expressed and they need to be processed. To release trapped energy, we must move the energy of this emotion through and out the body so we can actually let it go. And this process needs to be authentic and it needs to be embodied. Somatic healing teaches us that to heal our emotions, we need to integrate the body. Processing emotions in your body may look like crying, could be screaming into a pillow, going for a swim walking, running, dancing it out, hitting or punching a punching bag, and doing some gardening, doing tapping, doing yoga, painting, or simply breathing deeply when facing into the sun. Whatever feels right for you in the moment and whatever movement you feel intuitive and feels good for your body is what you should work on doing in terms of processing these emotions. Journaling what comes up for you afterwards can also be really effective in continuing to process those emotions. Now, 
once you've done step one in self-awareness and recognizing and step two in responding and expressing those emotions, step three is resting. It's self-care. So if we've been suppressing our emotions, it's likely because we've been neglecting to feel some hard and challenging emotions. And we might also have been neglecting parts of our bodies that have stored those emotions for a very long time. So creating a regular practice where we're prioritizing self-care and healing enhances our feelings of well-being. It helps us invite more joy and peace and health into our lives and ultimately allows us to have a healthier cycle between processing these emotions and recovering from those moments with self-care. So at the end of the day, we've talked a lot about different pregnancy cravings. I'm really curious and feel free to send me a message. I'd love to hear if you have been feeling pregnancy cravings and if any of the emotions we've talked about associating with the cravings that you're feeling kind of hit home for you. Now, I do want to just say as a disclaimer, I'm not intrusionist. This is just speaking to ancient knowledge from traditional Chinese medicine on how different organ systems are connected in the body, connected to different emotions, and connected to different cravings. And I hope that you walk away with this as another tool in your toolkit to be something you can use when you're feeling a little bit curious or conflicted about what your emotions are, what your cravings are telling you, and at the end of the day, giving yourself the time and space you need to reflect on your emotional state, reflect on your well-being, and ultimately progress through pregnancy in a way that feels grounded and supported as you're evolving into the best version of yourself each and every day. So that's it for today. Until next time, take care. Thank you for tuning into the Mindful Womb podcast. If you're new to the show, I want to encourage you to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you haven't left a rating or review for the show yet, that's the absolute best way you could support the podcast. Go ahead and click rate and review, leave a review, and don't forget to take a screenshot. You can upload that at clearlightbirth.com slash review. And you'll see a link for that in the show notes. And in return, I will send you a free gift. So submit a review, submit a screenshot, and submit that to clearlightbirth.com slash review. Thanks again for supporting the podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.